Welcome to the Dynasty Force Podcast with your hosts, Billy Brisbane and Robert Mantuano. And welcome back in to another episode, another week, another beautiful time and beautiful hour with my best of friends, best of football friends, Billy Brisbane at Getting Bills on Twitter. How are you today, buddy? Hey, man, I'm feeling pretty good, man. One of the uh, better weekends of uh, the year had Khabib fighting. Um, didn't know it was his retirement fight. And we got blessed this upcoming weekend with the Anderson Silva retirement fight. Anderson Silva is like one of the uh, just like one of the people that you think about when you think about the UFC, like one of the goats. But um, talking about football, man, uh, football has been pretty well itself. Um, just started my Patreon thing up. I have at the lowest price possible. So people can hop up in there, look at some uh, stuff, very affordable information. Um, I have a UFC package right now, $1. So $1, man, if you can't spend a dollar to look at some UFC picks for the weekend, I don't know what to tell you. And then uh, $3 for the uh, DFS stuff that I have for the weekend. So it's like comes with the DFS breakdown um, and then the other dollars for the picks for like bets and then the other dollars for the uh prop so it's a three dollar package so it's pretty affordable trying to just get my name out there in patreon not trying to really make money off of people but just trying to get my name out there i really like how patreon set up you can kind of like update your article and it sends out a mass email to all the people that are on your patreon and i really like that feature how about you yeah. rob how you been oh i'm doing well uh by the way quick before we move on from you uh tell them where you they can find your patreon oh yeah they can find my patreon at billy briz dfs i will share the screen with you right now um literally just made it yesterday so here you go we got two patreons members in there we got four dollars man you know pay pay for some uh coffee (laughs) (laughs) for sure um is, it, is there a link on your Twitter, too? Yes, it is in my Twitter bio and my Instagram bio. So if you follow me on Twitter at Getting Bills or on Instagram at BillyBrizDFS, you will have access to it. Sure. Sure thing. Uh, happy that you got that going. I mean, I, uh, I'm i not one of your subscribers on Patreon, but I will be within this week. So uh, I, I had to wait for my beta. You know, I didn't have the dollar. it's mean in the streets out here uh but But for real though it really is you know uh, (laughs) justice for my man uh what's what's his name uh walter harris if you've seen that thing about uh philadelphia about the dude that just got shot in the street the other day there's too there's too many little i mean they're not little but too many incidents like that where it's just like over and over like and then we preach for equality and, and justice and a difference and i don't know it just seems as though it's fallen on deaf ears and it's just yeah, it's unfortunately but let's get into this fancy football man on a brighter note sure thing uh real quick on myself uh i feel like like i have not in a way like kind of i don't know i i don't hit dfs the same way you do obviously. Um, and I feel like you're more on the DFS side where I was like, I'm more on the 
season long side of things. We're both in the dynasty. Uh, but I mean, for season long for me in the four leagues that I really care about, I'm five and two in all of them. So, <laughs> I mean, it's pretty good for me so far. I, I don't like some of them though, because like, well, actually all of them are waiver priority instead of fab. So I just hate being like so good and then having to be so far back in the waiver order. Like, dude, I put in like so many waivers in, in like every, every league I put in a claim for like Brandon, IU, Jamichael hasty, like the bi- the bigger names coming off the waiver wire this week. Didn't get any of them. <laughs> like, uh, it just, yeah. It sucks. It sucks it goes, to win man. sometimes. Uh, switch to Fab Leagues. They're so much better, number one. Uh, number two, uh, I am killing it this year so far, and I'm hating that I'm doing it. So I'm glad to hear that, though, man. That's a good sign. <laughs> I mean, definitely. And, you know, uh, so that, that much closer to the championship, and you got you to grind. And now, you know, for the listeners, too, now is when you should be really hitting it like you know be on top of the waiver wire like if you're in a waiver league where like it has open waivers all throughout the entire week like a lot of ESPN leagues a lot of Yahoo leagues do do tend to have like be active be ready like have news going on your phone like big advantage for me last week was like Thursday when it came out that Joe Mixon didn't practice I went straight to the waiver wire, picked up Gio Bernard, and like yeah. I was, I was ahead of everyone, and he had a good week for me. So like, you know, it's certain things like that, staying on top of news, just giving you little advantages. Even if Gio only played the one week, it was a great week for me. You know, I started yeah. him; he was a good RB two for me. Uh, so that's the sort of thing where it can be the difference between a win and a loss. And these little, you know, buying you wins here and there, they can help get you into the championship, especially if you're one of those guys who have you know, had Christian McCaffrey this whole time and you're still waiting on him or what, what have you, you know, uh, shout out Detroit beastie also commenting a hey, good evening, boys. Welcome in Detroit beastie, Chris Robin, um, reading bottom of the barrel. will get you ahead of the game. Yes. Uh, always, always. Bottom Chris had some crazy calls last week, man. I know, uh, he promoted Jamal Williams and this was before Aaron Jones even got hurt. So, um, he, I obviously, you know, Aaron Jones getting hurt accentuated things, but, uh, you know, you, like he said, reading bottom of the barrel gets you ahead of the game. If, if I had been told on Wednesday to buy into Jamal Williams, which, which obviously bottom of the barrel did, but you know, if I had had some sort of like time glass where like, okay, I should be, you know, looking into these guys this week regardless of what happens. It, it just helps you out so much. So definitely bottom of the barrel. I believe it's on DFS Cheat Sheet. Um, you can check that out. Billy, just last week. <laughs> I can't, he's probably referred to uh, when he beat me in that head-to-head a couple of weeks ago. What, did you tap out? Nah, man. Um, he just had the uh, call of the week with uh, Swift. Oh, oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I owe you boys for this one. Uh, Chris will be on the show next week as well. So, uh, hey. yeah, lined up again. Told him that I didn't want to wait another month to bring him back onto the show. And uh, so we're not. We're not waiting another month. 
<clears throat> for everyone, oh, um, I'm sorry. Chris is saying, no, no, just saying BNB has been lights out all season, not just last week. I see what he's saying. Like you said, he had yeah. some crazy hits last week. So, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. More of yeah. a transparency point with you. But follow Chris on Twitter, and he'll always post BNB, and you can find it uh, on his Twitter, or you can just check it out weekly, DFS Cheat Sheet. Anyway, back to the show. Uh, for those of you watching Twitter, YouTube, uh, you can see our handles now added to the slideshow, something I decided to do. Uh, Dynasty Force Pod on Twitter, Dynasty Force Podcast on YouTube. Check us out. And for those of you who want to follow our personal handles, you can find me at Fantasy Force FB, different sort of articles, rankings, stats, retweet a lot of content. And then uh, back to the weekly matchup breakdowns, I am uh, coming... I'm going to finish that tonight, so hopefully it's going to get posted tomorrow. Last week it was a little behind. came out behind the Thursday night games. I normally like to have it out before the Thursday night games uh, or game, but um, we'll work around that, make sure that happens this week. And Detroit BC just wanted to throw in a little, uh, I, I beat Billy, no big deal. <laughs> yeah, we'll um, definitely have him come back on uh, pub before the season's over. For sure. Um Bill, you want? I mean, you talked about the DFS content on your Twitter, the Patreon. Anything else you want to shout out at Getting Bills? Yeah, man. Uh, Pub Sports Radio, shout out. Uh, that's my affiliate with. Uh, it was long. It was long with uh, Dynasty Force. Um, I got the uh, Thursday night football showdown slate coming out right, literally right as soon as we click the end live here. Head right over to Pub. I'm going live over there, talking about the NFL DFS slates. And uh, talk about some player props potentially that are going to be on the books for tomorrow. You know, I've been nailing these island football games. How about you, Rob? Tell them uh, a little about your Fancy Force FB and what you got going on your Twitter. Yeah, I mean, like, for the most part, it's just it's a lot of other people's comments. Um, I like to also try and stay on top of the news. Um, real quick, let me find it, the exact at for this this Twitter um, but I think you all, all the listeners should be following. It's at 32 beat writers on Twitter. Basically they follow every single beat writer around the NFL so that you don't have to. And if you have to, and if you keep their notifications on, you'll get more reliable up-to-date news than even like just following Adam Schefter or Ian Rappaport. Like they're big names. Obviously they're going to cover big news. It's hard for those one person to cover the entire NFL. But if you follow the 32 beat writers too, then, you know, that's uh, a lot more news for you around the NFL because it's more than just one person covering the content. So little tip uh, along with, you know, the normal shout out to my Twitter. I'll, I'll retweet the tweets that they tweet out. Sometimes I'll add my own little, you know, wow, this is fantasy related, you know, sort of news. And uh, a lot of the content that they put out is important for fantasy, regardless of, you know, it being beat writer reports, you know, like practice reports or sort of like, oh, this person's out there, this person's not, you know, it's, it just helps a lot. So definitely check them out. Definitely follow them. It'll help you 
a ton. Anyway, Thank you for that little nugget right there. For sure, for sure. Because uh, I thought about it one day, one day, dude. I was like, I don't know. Should I follow like all the ESPN beat writers or whatever? I mean, I and do, like, man. That's why my Twitter ratio is like that, man. <laughs> uh, it was. It was just like. To me, it was too difficult because I want the notifications on. I want to see everything. And for me to turn notifications on from 32 different reporters, like that's just it's just rough. It's rough as it is. Don't get me wrong. But um, yeah, for, for sure, it was uh, it was it was a good, smart move. I forget how I found it out, but it uh, it's changed my fantasy Twitter experience. So definitely good little nugget. All right, Bill, I said I have a surprise for you. Uh, as I mentioned to Billy, and now I'll mention to everyone, uh, last week I did not have school, as I mentioned, so I had a little more time to prepare for this week. And so we're going to have a little game. I, I threw Monopoly in there just because like, it's a popular game. But we're not playing Monopoly. But what we are playing instead of Monopoly is a little... Blind, blind player comparison through seven weeks. Seven weeks is a, you know, pretty large sample size. And I mean, not all of these players have played seven weeks, but hopefully they're comparison, they're comparable. Um, it, it's always fun because you know you could put blind people like you know imagine. James Robinson versus Ezekiel Elliott right now. You just you just look at their stats and you're like, holy cow! Like James Robinson's actually better than Ezekiel Elliott stat wise, and it's just crazy to look at. Um, obviously, this is not saying you know buy Ezekiel Elliott, uh, or I'm sorry, it's not saying sell Ezekiel Elliott to buy James Robinson. But what it is saying is like maybe the latter player james robinson in this example is better than we think he is yeah so, i kind of like this idea of this game because uh you know a lot of people like the box score watch and then especially with uh draft capital in the beginning of the season the combination of both uh could definitely shy away some uh big names that are kind of little names in the fantasy community that uh we kind of know about for sure for sure so bill uh i will give you you know, player A, I'll just read off their stats. Player B, I'll, I'll read their stats, but I'll also give you the little in comparison to. So I'll try and help help you out a little bit to give, you know, because I know it's hard when you're not looking at them directly. Uh, but, you know, you haven't seen any of this yet. Like I said, you didn't even know this was going on. So complete surprise for you. And uh, I think I think it'll be fun. I think it'll be a fun little experience. So let's get into it. I have three comparisons here. First off, we have two quarterbacks that I'm going to be comparing here. All right. Player A, player B. Player A has played seven games. Player B has played six games. Okay. So player A has a 108.7 QBR, uh, 166 attempts, 239 completions. So that's a 69.5% uh, completion percentage. 2,095 yards, 8.8 yards per attempt, 15 touchdowns, 5 interceptions. He has 30 rushing attempts for 147 yards. That's 4.9 a carry, only one touchdown, and two fumbles. Okay. 
Player B. Six games, need I remind you. Uh, 112.3 QBR, so he's a little bit better there, about four points. Uh, 139 uh, completions and 203 attempts. 68.5% completion percentage, so that, that is exactly 1% lower than player A. 159, or I'm sorry, <laughs> 1,590 yards, 7.8 per attempt. So one yard per attempt less than player A. Uh, 15 touchdowns, which is the exact same amount as player A. And two interceptions, which is three less. He has 17 rushing attempts for 82 yards, 4.8 per carry, which is about the same as player A. One touchdown, three fumbles. So one more fumble if that makes a difference. How do you feel about uh, player A and player B? Um, I would probably be more inclined to pick player A. So <laughs> player A is going to be Deshaun Watson, uh, who obviously, you know, he's, he's essentially a must start in the fantasy commun community. That's um, one of my guys, man. He's been crushing. Yeah, so for sure. <laughs> um, I think the thing that, Hi, I would highlight most about the Sean Watson is only 30 attempts when he's normally, you know, higher above a hundred by the end of the season. We're almost halfway through the season. He's only at 30. So, you know, rushing is, is there. He, he's a little lower in QBR, but he is attempting a lot more passes. And he's a little more efficient with it going further down the field. Player B is Ryan Tannehill. And it's just crazy how like, you know, flying close, comparison. Close you are. Yeah, I mean, like, Ryan Tannehill before the season, he was kind of someone that a lot of people were speculating about. He's just been on a tear, dude. And another thing that I wanted to highlight with these two, uh, through seven games for Deshaun Watson, he's taken 22 sacks. Uh, that's over three per game, for those of you trying to do math. And player B, which is Ryan Tannehill, through six games, he has taken seven sacks, which is barely over one per game. So there is a, a definite difference in the sort of offense that they're playing in. And uh, I think that makes a big help when you're uh, trying to play the quarterback position. Yeah, definitely. Decisions. Yeah. All right. Player comparison number two, comparing two running backs here. Okay. Now this one surprised me a lot. I know it's going to surprise you, all right? Player A. Player A has 82 attempts for 340 yards, 4.1 a carry, one touchdown. He does have 27 catches for 182 yards, no touchdowns, okay? Player B, 89 attempts, so he has seven attempts more. 367 yards, the exact same Yards per carry of 4.1. Three touchdowns, so two more than player A. Both of them have no fumbles. He has 16 catches to player A's 27. And he has 162 yards, which is 20 less than player A. And no receiving touchdowns. Both of them have that. So he has... 11 less catches, but only 20 less receiving yards player B does than player A. He has more rushing attempts, but player A is seeing more volume. 
Um, I would probably go with player A because of the uh, receiving floor. So player A, the player you chose, was Miles Gaskin for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, yeah, round last year. Seventh rounder last year. Didn't play a lot. But now he's getting that volume, like we mentioned. Player B is uh, Jonathan Taylor, running back for the Indianapolis Colts. Second round pick, highly touted, behind a great offensive line. Now that you know the names behind the players, does that change your opinion? They're actually back-to-back in uh, scoring so far. I'm just curious. Yeah, I mean, a thousand percent. I mean, Jonathan Taylor has a higher ceiling than uh, Miles Gaskins because um, when they get into the red zone for the Miami Dolphins, there's always that slight chance that Jordan Howard could be a touchdown vulture. And uh, Miami doesn't get a lot of red zone trips already. So uh, I feel like um, I would definitely be more inclined to go with Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor is definitely uh, one of the best rookie prospects coming into this year and sure. honestly has uh, just been on the same exact level as Clyde edwards helaire this year and um, could end up having a better season by the end of the year hot take than uh, Clyde edwards helaire all right, well, addition of Le'Veon Bell makes a, a difference, I think, honestly. Um, Trey, at FF Superflex Guru on Twitter. Wow, you didn't have to do me like that. Gaskin is killing it this year, and I didn't even know it. Um, Gaskin what up, Rocco? Is, Gaskin is the guy that people, like, want to hate, I guess. <laughs> like, not want to hate, but, like, they just don't want to buy into the uh, into the hype. I guess like he's, he's getting a lot of work. He's not doing poorly with it. So like, you know, yeah, I'm a Gaskins guy. Yeah, definitely. He said that player comparison kind of blew my mind. Good job, boys. Thank you, uh, Trey. And then you shouted out Rocco who shouted out you, I guess, by saying, yo, what's up for sure. Yeah. I think a first time listener to the show. Oh, welcome in Rocco and, uh, welcome in all first time listeners. Thank you so much for joining. And we hope you can, uh, Make this a regular habit because we do on Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern mm-hmm. on Twitter and YouTube and then live afterwards on uh, all major listening platforms. Nonetheless, <laughs> um, quick question from Rocco, fellas. Mikey Davis getting one more week or C-Mac going to come back? We actually have that in our news segment. If yeah. I can get you to stay, uh, hopefully, I, I think it's earlier on. I'll make it earlier on. In the news. So we got one more player comparison. I'll hit the news section i'll make the christian mccaffrey news earlier in that news section specifically for you rocco final comparison billy both players have played seven games they're both wide receivers all right player a 46 catches 59 yards or 59 targets i'm sorry that would have been bad yards what the (laughs) fuck are you even giving me this guy for 46 Ooh, that would be bad. 46 catches, 59 targets. 640 yards, so he's 14.6 a catch. One touchdown, one rush for three yards. So he's not really involved in the rushing game, but, uh, you know, 40, 46 catches, 59 targets. Pretty good volume through seven games. Player B. Uh, 31 catches, 48 targets. So that is 15 catches less. And 11 targets less. Uh, 439 yards, 14.2 yards per catch. So while it's about 200 yards less, it's also 
0.4 yards per catch less. So it's it's not that much less. Uh, just, you know, comparison speaking, if they were getting the same sort of uh, catch volume. The differences in touchdowns, player B has five touchdowns compared to player A's one. Uh, player B also is involved in the rushing game a little bit more. Seven rushes for 54 yards and a touchdown compared to player A's one rush for three yards. So, Billy, how do you feel about these two players? Um, I wish you gave me a little bit more information about, like, yards per target maybe and, like, their air yard stats or something like that. But for time being, um, I would probably say player B because he probably has a higher air yards than player A. It's a good thing. Uh, I should have looked at. I like that you mentioned that because I will make a note and pay attention to that next time. Uh, player B is Tyreek Hill. Uh, you know, he, he's been okay this season. He hasn't beat the world down like Tyreek Hill normally does, but he's been pretty consistent, which is different for Tyreek Hill. Uh, the five touchdowns really help with that. Player A is Robbie Anderson, who, I mean, he's just been getting all the volume in Carolina. I just thought it was interesting, you know, because Tyreek Hill, I had him as – the number one overall wide receiver heading into the season. and Over Devontae Adams, man. Shame you. Well, listen. I love Tyreek Hill. I think Devontae Adams was my number two. I think he was. So, um, either him or Michael Thomas. Either one. Flip, flip. You know, they're kind of the same when healthy, I would think. Especially about volume and all that. Regardless, you know, Hill was up there. Hill was a first-round pick in most leagues. Robbie Anderson uh, was undrafted in most leagues. So it's, it's just crazy to compare, you know, through seven weeks, like, wow, one might actually be better than another. And, you know, one of the main things that I would point out through this segment is uh, adjust your expectations. You know, don't just say like, hey, Robbie Anderson has been bad his entire career. Things change, you know. Yeah, people got to stop box score watching, man. It's the year 2020. For sure, for sure. All right, uh, I mentioned to Rocco, I'm, I hope he stayed. I tried to get him to stay specifically so that we could cover Christian McCaffrey in the news for him. Um, as I said, I mentioned that it would be a part of our news section, which we are into now. Thank you for playing along in the game, Billy. And uh, yes, no I doubt. hope everyone else liked it. Anyway... Chris McCaffrey on the topic. Bill, do you think he plays this week? Um, I do not think that Christian McCaffrey plays this week. I think he gets activated off the IR uh, like that. Um, Mike Davis, I feel like, why would you play Christian McCaffrey this week? It's a short week. Um, yeah. I understand that they want to get him back because he's the superstar of the team. But Mike Davis has been uh, the best imitation of Christian McCaffrey so far this year. I have Mike Davis in a lot of my leagues because uh, I got him off of waivers before the season even started. And I have some Christian McCaffrey teams also as well. And I'm going into this week with uh, Mike Davis as the uh, starter over there in Panthers until I hear anything further else. And even if Christian McCaffrey did get the designated start for tomorrow, I wouldn't know if I would want to play him because I don't know how many – touches he is how reliable that's going to be and um how he's going to be worked back into the game for the panthers uh even though i know he's one of the best running backs in the league um 
I don't know, man. I don't know. I'll probably go a little bit more in depth about that uh, on the video that I do for pub on the Thursday night football, because that's like the main topic of the yeah, sure. video is, uh, is Christian McCaffrey playing? Yes or no? Yeah. Um, if I'm the Panthers, I'm not playing him because like you mentioned short week, you know, it like it, it's a little different when you have 10 days of rest after not playing versus, you know, seven, you know, it, just the three days, they, they help a lot. The Atlanta Falcons, you know, Mike David, like Atlanta Falcons theoretically on paper have been good against running backs to this point in the season, but that's just because they allow so many passing yards per game. So, you know, teams don't really try to run on the Falcons. Uh, Mike Davis can definitely get the job done against this defense, though. So I, I would not be trying to rush Christian McCaffrey back if I were the Carolina Panthers. And if Mike Davis is the guy without Christian McCaffrey, he's still a must-start. It's been a little more disappointing these past two weeks. But, you know, he, he's just been too good in every other start, and the Atlanta Falcons defense is just really bad. Yeah. So, for me, like, if you know, if Christian McCaffrey is healthy, I, I saw a tweet earlier from Pro Football Doc on Twitter, uh, and, you know, he's another good follow uh, for anyone listening. He can kind of just watch an injury or watch an injury happen and, and like diagnose it right on the scene. So like, it, you know, it, it's great when you, you know, you see like this past week, Odell Beckham went down you're like, Oh God, what happened? Like, how is Odell feeling? Go right to pro football doc and he's got it covered already. You know, it, it's, it's pretty yeah. crazy. So um, there's that where, you know, I saw a tweet earlier from him saying that, fantasy owners should be wary of Christian McCaffrey this week. Cause like if he does come back, like he's not going to be a hundred percent. Yeah. No so, way. Yeah. Uh, so obviously, you know, he's Christian McCaffrey. You're going to play him if he's active real quick, Bill, would you play Mike Davis? If Christian McCaffrey is active. Depends on the depth of the league. Um, since I'm in a little bit more deeper dynasty leagues, I probably would. But um, it's such a good matchup against the Falcons, man. It is. The Falcons uh, just bleed points to every position, yeah. Defensively, so uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to start him. I think I think I would too. I I'd probably unless I had a really great option behind him uh, that like I just was able to pick up off the waiver wire or something. I'd, I'd probably be playing Mike Davis. So for sure. And Rocco, shout out. Uh, for tuning in, thanks so much for the question, and uh, hope we hope we were able to help with your your little issue right there. All right, um, I hit stop real quick so that I could go back to the beginning here and then run it back. I did skip ahead a little in the news section, and now we're back here with what I was going to originally have first with Odell Beckham. I mentioned it; he tore his ACL. He's done for the year. Um. He, he was kind of – I Odell was, like, a favorite of ours in our hype and hate section because, like, it was very easy to be able to say, hey, this is an Odell Beckham week. Hey, this is not an Odell, Odell Beckham, Odell week, Beckham you know? week. Yeah, he was so such like, a tantalizing player. For sure. Um, but uh, to me, this is a big, like, arrows up for Jarvis Landry. By the way, like, 
Jarvis Landry has averaged like seven points per game in PPR scoring and somehow is owned in like 80% of leagues. I don't like it. It's crazy. I know it's crazy. It's to me, it's crazy. Cause I was looking through all the waivers yesterday. I was like, man, I wonder if Jarvis Landry is out here. Nope. Like everyone owns him despite how poorly he's played. But if you do own Jarvis Landry, which a lot of people do arrows pointing up big time, uh, Someone messaged me on Twitter earlier asking me, would you trade uh, Jarvis Landry and Cole Beasley for Devin Singletary and some other wide receiver who wasn't, you know, trending in the right direction? And I was like, no, man, I, like, I'd keep Jarvis Landry because he's essentially the unquestioned one now in yeah. uh, Cleveland. Like, there's a lot of hype about Rashard Higgins, uh, but Jarvis is to me, unquestionably more talented, and he's going to step into that sort of Odell Beckham role. Do you agree? Yeah, I would definitely uh, agree with that one. Um, it's just unfortunate, man. I like Rashard Higgins, uh, the fill-in, and then um, what's the other dude's name? Donovan People. Peoples-Jones. Yeah, Donovan People-Jones. That's a really good pickup for uh, some of you redraft leaguers because I know he's definitely owned a dynasty leagues. Yeah, uh, he was a late-round pick, and uh, this past rookie, well, not rookie draft or dynasty, well, kind of, but uh, in the actual draft, I think he was like a sixth round pick by Cleveland. Um, but he was a name to watch, caught a touchdown last week. Harrison Bryant stepped up too, who's another rookie at the tight end position. So some young names to watch. Harrison Bryant was probably picked up in a decent amount of leagues. Uh, he might be a decent play this should, week. As he should, with, uh, with Austin Hooper being out. Um, so, yeah, and, and David Njoku, who knows how much longer he's going to be Brown, things like that. So, uh, you know, shout out Odell. Hope he gets better. Hope he comes back uh, full strength for sure. Uh, we got to cover the Antonio Brown news, signing with the Tampa Bay Bucks. Can't play this week, but he can play next week. He is practicing with the team. Uh, we were kind of having a Tom Brady discussion before, um, this podcast officially kicked off. Like, I mean, to me, Antonio Brown is not going to be fantasy. Like he'll be fantasy relevant on some weeks, but he's not going to be consistently relevant. This is kind of like a wide receiver group where I'm going to want to stay away. But Tom Brady to me is like, and we were having this discussion of like, this helps Tom Brady out so much because maybe Antonio Brown isn't what he used to be, but like he's their wide receiver three. So he doesn't have to be what he used to be. He, he just has to yeah. be effective. And I think Antonio Brown at the very least can be effective. And Tom Brady has a great wide receiver core. Gronk stepping up, you know, R- Ronald Jones is a great runner. Leonard Fournette is a, pass catcher. Um, I'm not going to say great. <laughs> so um, Brady definitely has the weapons and he has been performing currently the quarterback six on the season. Um, what are your thoughts? 
Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel like it definitely helps the uh, efficiency that Brady's been having with this year. Um, He's been very efficient touchdown to interception ratio this year. Um, I just feel bad for those Mike Evans owners. Oh, Oh, man, I told you Mike Evans was not the way to go this year, man. And uh, it was already a sketchy situation before Antonio Brown came in. I don't expect it to be uh, any better. Um, It would be interesting to see how much Antonio Brown gets used in this offense because I know they have some upcoming future players like Justin Watson and um, other dudes named Scotty Miller, Tyler Johnson. So it's a little bit unfortunate for uh, those deep dynasty leaguers that were kind of getting their sneaky start to Ty Johnson in there for these last couple of weeks. But um, long term, I feel like it definitely helps the Bucs situation real life football wise to uh, win a Super Bowl championship and maximize their short window that they have with uh, Tom Brady. How about you, Rob? Yeah, definitely. Um, We saw them score 38 and kill the Packers, who are like, you know, another NFC contender. Like, they lost to the Saints. Uh, The the Bears, that loss was kind of just weird. Thursday night football, you know, who who knew? Like, that might have just been a throwaway game for the the Bucs. But, you know, when, when the time comes, when the season you know, comes towards an end. Um, I think all this team is, is just going to be clicking at the right time and they're going to be a serious, serious threat for, you know, a potential Super Bowl this year. So, and, and another point that I want to bring up as far as Tom Brady and how he will likely be successful in fantasy this year, um, Bruce Arians is still pl- calling plays and Bruce Arians loves to air the ball out and go downfield. And, you know, when you have, Weapons like Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Rob Gronkowski, and Antonio Brown. It's going to be easy for uh, Brady to be efficient when going down the field. So, for sure, definitely. You know, like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I'll end it there. He's a great redraft buy, and um, you might. I don't think you'll be able to get him super cheap because of his last week performance. But if you can. He is definitely someone I'm interested in. All right. Talked about Christian McCaffrey. Let's talk about Chris Godwin. He's just going to miss this week, likely. He might miss week nine, too, but had surgery on his index finger. Um, It's weird how it happened, like, during the game this past week, but then we heard about it, like, yesterday. You know, it's, like, Mm -hmm. very delayed. Normally, it's not that delayed when someone gets an injury kind of need fingers to catch the football. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that, that he'll miss this week, but they're playing the Giants, so they really don't need Chris Godwin this week anyway. This is, to me, going to be like the last hurrah for Mike Evans. You know, Yeah, this is definitely the last hurrah for Mike Evans. Yeah, but, I mean, Chris Godwin has been disappointing to this point this year because, I mean, when he's been on the field, he's been good. But he has not been on the field a lot. And now, next time he takes the field, Antonio Brown is going to be out there. So how much can you really count on Chris Godwin? Remains to be seen. So something to monitor uh, for the Tampa Bay Bucks, And then finally, a little, you know, multi-piece of news here. Kenyon Drake, Chris Carson, both injured Sunday night. Carson's injury looks minor-ish. He still might miss this week and maybe next. But uh, Kenyon Drake's injury is more like a high ankle sprain, which we've seen take people out for multiple weeks. 
Let's hit Kenyon Drake real quick because Chase Edmonds, where would you put him rest in ranking? I, I won't say rest of season. Well, rest of season could be because, like, who's to say, like, if Chase Edmonds is looking great and he's doing much more than Kenyon Drake was doing on the ground that Kenyon Drake's just going to come back and get his job back, you know? But yeah. um, let's say at least for these next six weeks, they're on by this week. But Kenyon Drake, you know, let's – I have his jersey on, but Ezekiel Elliott, you know, uh, how shaky that Dallas Cowboys offense looks right now. Andy Dalton does not look good. There might even be starting seventh round rookie Ben DiNucci this week. Um, yeah, would you rather have cool. Chase Edmonds or Ezekiel Elliott for these next six weeks for these next six weeks specifically? Unfortunately, I'm it's probably gonna question. have to pull side on the side of Zeke though. But um I don't blame you. I see what you're trying to say. The point is Chase Edmonds is a great play. Like if you've if you've had Chase Edmonds, I you know, I think a lot of people have Chase Edmonds. Um just for the kind of upside that he offered. He even was like a solid play some weeks when Kenyon Drake was active and playing. Um, if you had him, he automatically, to me, becomes potentially even a top eight back. The kind of upside, the efficiency that he has shown. I mean, potentially, you know, because nothing is set in stone. He hasn't gotten a ton of volume yet to this point. He was great last year when he got the volume. But it remains to be seen. He's a good pass catcher. He's going to be the workhorse. Billy, I know you're an Eno ben- Benjamin fan. Do you want to give him one last shout out here before he uh, yeah, takes man. over? As, a, you know, a name. Eno Benjamin spot. Um, I know everybody's going to run to the waiver wire and uh, get Chase Edmonds, but I feel like he's probably owned in a lot more leagues than not owned. Yes. But um, if you're looking for a backup, you know, Benjamin, he has not been used all season so far, but you should definitely see some touches kind of similar to the uh, Jamichael Hasty situation. Yeah, for sure. And uh, Arizona is one of those offenses where, you know, Benjamin could see success as the reserve guy, you know, Chase Edmonds saw success as the reserve guy for Kenny Drake. So, depending the role he kind of takes on, could pay off. And then uh, we'll try and hit Seattle as quick as we can. It's not uh, the quickest situation. By the way, I just got a notification. Chris Carson draws game-time decision tag. So if even if he doesn't play Very to me, horrible. even if he doesn't play to me, this is a one-week situation. So, all right. So Chris Carson and his injury is like a foot sprain. He still could play. Uh, Joe Mixon had a foot sprain, didn't play this past week. You know, kind of a little comparison, but Carson is very, you know, he'll play through injuries, that type of guy. Carlos Hyde would be his backup. Carlos Hyde, if Chris Carson were to miss and Carlos Hyde were active, Carlos Hyde would be a great play, even against San Francisco. Carlos has hamstring tightness. Who knows if Carlos Hyde is going to play. If you remember earlier this season, I believe Chris Carson did miss a game, and I believe Carlos Hyde also missed that game. No, 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 no. I lied. Chris Carson was about to miss the game, didn't. Carlos Hyde, or I'm sorry, Chris Carson was about to miss the game, didn't. 
Carlos Hyde did miss the game. So people kind of had high hopes for Carlos Hyde. He, you know, shocked everyone by not being... You could have a similar situation here where, like, Carlos Hyde was a big pickup in waivers uh, for the one-week potential, but you could have another situation on your hands where it's one week, Chris Carson actually plays, Carlos Hyde doesn't, and, uh, you know, you're kind of screwed. If they're both inactive, you would look to Travis Homer. Oh, great, Travis Homer has a knee contusion, and he may not play this week either. It's just a really difficult sort of situation. If all three were out, how would you feel about DJ Dallas, Bill? Oh, man. If all three were out and my boy DJ Dallas got the start, oh, but it, I don't think it will happen. Um, Chris Carson has shown so much durability throughout the season. Kind of a very similar situation this year. I think it was the week that they played against Miami. The week before he got hurt, and then uh, he drilled a questionable tag all week, and he ended up just plugging and playing and playing, scoring a touchdown, doing Chris Carson things. Yep. So um, who's to say it's Wednesday? We'll figure it out by Friday when we have more practice reports. For sure, for sure. And, you know, as we mentioned, follow us both on Twitter, me at FantasyForceFB, Billy at Getting Bills, and we'll keep you up to date. I mentioned the 32 beat writers you can follow on Twitter. Uh, which will also keep you up to date if you don't want to follow us for whatever reason. But we're fun follows, so, you know, come hang out. Anywho, let's get into our main segment. Hopefully try and get us out here quick. Maybe we got time, but, you know, eh. Anyway, uh, quicker the better. We're still bringing the same amount of content, so it's, you know, it's it's quality over quantity, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I like that. Uh, I know I made these banners, and now I don't see them. Oh, no. was in the wrong section. All right. So, Bill, despite the fact that you stole from me, uh, I gave you first on the heights. So, you have the floor with the quarterback position. Yeah, the quarterback position this week, uh, Las Vegas Vreda, Derek Carr. This is a... This is a week that people are usually dealing with bye weeks. I love Derek Carr as a season-long fill-in this week against the Browns. Carr has thrown for at least two touchdown passes in each of his last five games. The Browns just allowed over 400 yards and three touchdowns to rookie quarterback Joe Burrow last week. The Raiders are uh, taking some deep shots with Carr, and he's shown the upside worthy enough to get a plug-and-play this week for uh, those season-long people that are dealing with a quarterback that's on waivers. Uh, um, one of the things I really like about Carr, uh, it would be interesting to see who the wide receiver number one is on that offense. Um, Nelson Aguilar has just been uh, sneakily playing very, very well of recent. Obviously, Henry Ruggs is the most talented player on that team at that position. But um, Nelson Aguilar is one of those guys I'm looking at deep in my dynasty leagues this week that I'm thinking about starting just because that's how efficient Derek Carr has been this year. Um. One of the other players that I'm looking at for this week is Brandon Ayuk. I know he's not on the screen, but Brandon Ayuk, we already know that Debo Samuel is already going to be out for this week. The talented wide receiver is coming off his career best performance against the uh, Patriots. The Seahawks have been bailed out by Russell Wilson this year. I was talking about Brandon Ayuk a little bit. Um, welcome back. Welcome back. Thank you. Um, 
yeah, I, I don't know what happened with my Wi-Fi there, but uh, thanks for, for, you know, taking over with the um, little little issue. Did, so you covered Brandon Ayuk. Did I, I miss anything else? Um, yeah, uh, yeah, Derek Carr, Brandon Ayuk. I was talking about how uh, the Seahawks have been bailed out by Russell Wilson this year. They have allowed the most fancy points to the wide receiver position by a wide margin this year. Um, he's been using the passing run game, gets touches. He feels like a no-brainer pick this week. Robin, though you had the same pick this week, um, you want to go a little bit in depth about Brandon Ayuk since you missed out on a little bit? Yeah, um, I mean, you know, I'm the follow-up here, but uh, I had him in first, so don't forget it. Anyway, uh, Brandon Ayuk, see, the injury to Debo Samuel is a big reason, too, because this is not a high-volume passing offense, so I really don't have a lot of confidence for two wide receivers and George Kittle to all have success, but without Debo Samuel going against Seattle, who will be able to score on San Francisco, San Francisco and their good defense. They currently rank 32nd in the league against wide receivers, you mentioned. Ayuk is very similar to Debo in his ability to get yards after the catch, something Kyle Shanahan loves in his receivers. With a lot of other rookies killing it this season, might just be time to uh, hit up Brandon Ayuk. So... That's why I'm on them, and uh, that's why you copied me. Just mm -hmm. I, well, final time, I had to shout out. All right. Also, wanted to say that I'm disappointed in you for not choosing Carson Wentz as your uh, hype on quarterback. I feel like he's always on my uh, hyper hate list every week. Uh, Dallas, though, that matchup. So you're probably not benching Carson Wentz with the past two weeks he's had. Uh, my hype for this week at the quarterback position is Teddy Bridgewater, who, um, you know, Thursday night games, I normally don't like to buy into these games because short rest weeks tend not to have big, you know, scoring for fantasy implications. But week seven was the first time in the fantasy season that the Atlanta Falcons did not allow a top 12 performance at the quarterback position. Matt Stafford finished 15th on the week, but he still had a ton of yards. That said, the Panthers played the Falcons in Week 5. Teddy Bridgewater finished as the QB 12 with a solid 20-point finish. Bridgewater has been the kind of quarterback all season where he's not going to hurt you, but he is definitely not a huge upside pick. You know, like I said, quarterback 12 in this matchup. Like, if I were going for upside between Bridgewater and Carr, I'd probably go for Carr, but... If you're just looking at your waiver wire, you're like, I need a streamer who, you know, I can plug in, go great with the rest of my lineup and, you know, get me a solid 20 points so that I can win this week. Teddy Bridgewater is that sort of guy for me. All right. You want to talk about a running back position now? Yeah, the running back position, I'm going to uh, hit some people with a surprise. Hopefully he's on your waiver wires in some leagues. And little Michael P. Ryan, he finally, uh, the rookie, not to get confused with Samaj P. Ryan, who is on Bengals picking Cousin? up your deep dives. I think they're cousins. Uh, cousins or brothers? I don't know. Um, I don't think they're brothers. I think they're cousins. LaMichael P. Ryan, though, he finally showed some promise last week in the first half of that Jets game. 13 touches for 55 yards and a touchdown. Um, he figures to get more playing time going forward. I do not believe he's been used enough this year, and I'm going to take the gamble of him being used in the passing game here and 
garbage time PPR points against the Chiefs this week. Um, Frank Gore is beyond dust. We all know that, but Adam Gase will be Adam Gase. We don't fully know how much usage P. Ryan should get, but on paper, I definitely feel like the uh, rookie running back here should definitely get some garbage time touches here, and um, he's got the red zone carries in that last game, so that's a good sign. Definitely. Uh, I like that because I'm a holder of P. Ryan in uh, one of my fancy leagues. And uh, I've just been, you know, holding on for better days. Maybe future Adam Gaseless days. Fingers crossed. <laughs> um, I did look it up. Michael P. Ryan and Samaje are cousins. So I was uh, right again, as I normally am. Anywho, um, so Lamike, uh, as far as Michael P. Ryan, the one complaint I have is the matchup against Kansas City. They're a great defense. I just don't see a ton of upside, but then again, I don't see a ton of upside in any matchup. So, you know, if you need that deep play, you need that kind of, you know, everyone's hurt or on by, I got to play someone. You can do worse than one Michael Piron. So, uh, I'm not, a, I'm not against it at all. Um, meanwhile, for me, I'm going with the same game. I'm going within the revenge narrative in Le'Veon Bell running back for the Kansas City Chiefs now, uh, going up against the New York Jets, who, you know, on paper, they're not terrible against fantasy running backs. But, uh, you know, you look at this situation, Le'Veon Bell was not very involved in Week 7. But he was just getting acclimated to the offense. He kind of had questions about a hamstring injury. But now you look at this situation, you mentioned it already, it's going to be a blowout. Um Le'Veon Bell, you know, when is there a better time to get him acclimated to the offense than in a blowout? So, like, you know, you kind of, in that situation, tend to say, okay, let's lean on the rookie, let's lean on the young guy, get him used to the league. But Clyde has been in that lead back sort of role for weeks now. He's he's gotten used to the NFL play experience, and he's only going to get more used to it as the lead back as he continues throughout the season. Le'Veon Bell is a guy that they want to integrate more in the offense. I think they're going to try to if they can find the time to. And, you know, Le'Veon Bell has some anger issues that he would like to take out against the New York Jets defense, currently ranking ninth best against running backs. In fact, that the Chiefs have a 20-point spread on this game. So, uh, for sure, he he's not someone I'm actively seeking as, like, Got to play Le'Veon Bell. Got to, you know, bench great options for him. But for me, if you like Michael Piran, like you said, if you need someone, you got injuries, you got buys, don't be afraid to play Le- Le'Veon Bell in this matchup. I know how you feel about Le'Veon. We can hit more on that later. So for now, how about uh, your tight end? Um, The tight end that I want to talk about right here is Richard Rodgers. He's filling in for Zach Ertz and uh, Dallas Goddard, and uh, he's a name that could be floating around on your waiver wires also as well. The Cowboys are one of the worst defenses in the league. Actually, scratch that. They are the worst defense in the league. Um, With the injuries to Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey, there's still some room to sneak in some targets for one more week. 
I know Rager's coming back this week, but Carson loves to feature the tight ends in this offense. Um, last week he had six receptions for 85 yards, and he could easily build off of that this week, um, depending on what type of league you're playing in. Uh, Richard Rodgers is definitely a plug-and-play and a go. Definitely a uh, tight end one for me this week. More in the lower end of the tight end one range, but um, I think that he's better than some of the uh, – late round options that people have been drafting like uh Hayden Hurst, Mike Jacecki, um maybe even TJ Hawkinson. How about you? How do you feel about it? I, I'm down with the Richard Rogers play. You know, Carson Wentz needs pass catchers. It's not gonna all be Travis Fulgham. Jalen Rager might be back in this game, but even if he is, he's just, you know, coming back. He's still a rookie. Uh he could take advantage of the Dallas Cowboys offense, but I think they're gonna need Richard Rogers in this game. So uh, I like the play, and um, not necessarily because of what he did last week, but more so because of, of Dallas and how bad they are. So I am willing to go with that. Uh, for me this week, I'm hype on Johnny Smith for the Tennessee Titans. I know he's been great to this point this year, but it hasn't been an exciting past few weeks. Uh, he was actually, you know, up until a few weeks ago, he was the tight end one in points per game. Then the Titans situation with COVID happened, and he had a huge week against Buffalo. But then he had a rough week against Houston, also left early in that game. Didn't do well last week against the Pittsburgh Steelers, but we all know how great their defense is. But uh, currently this week, they're playing the Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals currently rank as the third best matchup in the league for tight ends. So this is a matchup where, you know, they're going to hand the ball off to Derrick Henry a ton. They're going to hit him with the play action. And Jonu Smith is likely going to be wide open. And, you know, the future isn't bright for Jonu Smith with the sort of matchups that he has coming up. Uh, but, you know, this is a situation where you can definitely hit Jonu this week, maybe sell high in the sense of people are buying the breakout. I, I mean, I'm buying the breakout, so I'm not necessarily selling. But if you're kind of worried about those matchups, you know, I could see you doing that. So to me, Janu is, you know, back in that must-start category this week. And uh, I like him a little more than Richard Rodgers, I will say. Um, you went first with the Hypes. I'll go first. With the hates, my hate's a little, maybe not bold because of how he performed this season so far, but Lamar Jackson, I mean, to like Billy and I were talking about this, he's still kind of a top five option. Like when you're looking at guys, you're probably playing him over a lot of other options. I'm not this week. Uh, he's playing the Pittsburgh Steelers. They have one of the best defensive lines in football that can definitely shut down the running game allowing only 68.8 yards per game on the ground. I know they haven't played anyone like Lamar Jackson, but, you know, Mark Ingram might be out this week, even if he's playing. The Ravens running backs have not been great on the ground this season. So it's not like, you know, they really have to worry about getting beat by those running backs. They're really going to focus in on Lamar Jackson. He may not hit that rushing floor that he tends to hit, and if he doesn't, you have to rely on his passing game, which has been very bad this season, under 200 yards per game, very inefficient. And I don't want to play that game. Like, if you have a solid second option, 
I would go for that. I probably wouldn't play like Teddy Bridgewater, like I mentioned. Probably not reaching that low like Derek Carr, but for example, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, you know, the, those two rookies, um, Carson Wentz, I mentioned. Like those guys, I would definitely play over Lamar Jackson this week in this matchup. How do you feel, Bill? Um, the only th- concern that I have is one of the routes you can't really tell how a rushing quarterback is going to get their rushing yards. But as you could tell, Lamar Jackson's kind of been in some positive game scripts this year. Mm-hmm. So it kind of has lowered his rushing floor. But um, I feel like this is a spot where he'll be able to have a couple breakout runs because, like you said, the Steelers' defensive line causes so much pressure that it's going to make the quarterback run out the pocket a bit. And when Lamar runs out the pocket, that's the best Lamar Jackson version that we're going to see of him fantasy-wise. So I don't know, man. I don't know. But um, if – I don't know if I'm trying to galaxy brain it or uh, Lamar's just going to be Lamar this week. We'll have to see. I mean, he can definitely hit a huge, a few big runs. That's in Lamar's DNA. But uh, how about instead we talk about your quarterback that you're a little down on this week? Yep. Just give me a second. I had to plug in my computer. Uh, the quarterback that I'm a little bit down on this week is Cam Newton. Um, he's been absolutely horrendous. Um, I have no idea what's up with Cam ever since he came off the COVID IR. Um, against the 49ers last week, he had 98 passing yards and three interceptions, and he has seven interceptions on the year already and fumbled the ball twice. So uh, you can already pencil him in for a turnover here. And uh, with his lack of accuracy and explosive playmakers, uh, it's just a concerning situation. I would go with a wait-and-see approach with uh, Cam Newton. And um, for me, even in two QB leagues, I'm trying to bench him any which way so possible. How do you feel about Cam this week, Rob? Well, I don't think Rob is with us right now. But, um, yeah, I just don't know what it is about Cam Newton. I'll go into my second one. Um, Mike Jacecki of the Miami Dolphins, the usage between Adam Shaheen and Durham Smith is concerning. Last week they combined for seven catches 88 yards and three touchdowns. The only good news is that uh, Mike Jacecki is still running routes. Um, Due to his boom bust potential week to week, I want to see if him and Tua can build a connection here for the long term. And the Rams are going to pop as a decent matchup on paper when you go inside your ESPN or whatever league you play on. But um, I would be a little bit hesitant here. I would try to go with some of the names that me and Rob talked about on waivers. I don't think John is going to be on waivers. But, um, yeah. Rob, you are back. I just got done saying Cam and Mike Jacecki. What are your thoughts on Cam and Mike Jacecki this week? Uh, thank you for welcoming me back. I'm not sure what's kind of going on with my Wi-Fi. I think it's more of a StreamYard issue, but no worries. Uh, as far as Cam, there's no chance I'm playing him this week. Uh, Buffalo isn't as scary of a matchup as we kind of thought it would be heading into the season, but that doesn't make it a great matchup. And just the way that the Patriots' offense as a whole looks right now. Julian Edelman does not look good. Nikhil Harry does not look good. You know, James White is an, another receiving option where, like, he's not super involved, so you're still kind of worried about that. And then Damian Harris slash Sonia Michelle, when they've been the lead rushers, they've been kind of, eh, you know, not wowing the world. So it's... I think this offense just needs a lot of work, and it's not something that they're going to be able to fix in one week. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm not playing Cam. I'd even be fine dropping him in most leagues. 
Um, as far as Mike Gesicki, who you mentioned, um, I agree that I'm not big on this matchup, but I think Mike Gesicki could be the biggest benefiter from Tua taking over. I read earlier this week that uh, Mike Gesicki actually played with the practice team a lot because, you know, the Dolphins, as you know, the Dolphins tend to uh, play Durham Smythe and Adam Shaheem a decent amount because uh, they can block and they, they kind of also offer that athleticism to an extent. I mean, obviously not to the point that Mike Kosicki does because he's a freak athlete, but Mike Kosicki has played on the practice squad, not practice squad, but like practice team with Tua. Scout a decent team. Amount. You got to yeah. say scout team. You can't say practice team. <laughs> Makes sense. I, I don't know why I'm saying practice team, but scout team. Uh, thank you for filling it in for me. But yeah, uh, I um, as far as Mike Kosicki, um, I think he, like I said, he and Tua are probably the ones that have been able to, you know, connect chemistry-wise the most. Uh, and Tua, you know, rookies do tend to look towards the safety net at tight end, so maybe Mike Kosicki will be a little more effective this week than uh, we, I don't know. Maybe he could be more effective than with Ryan Fitzpatrick too, because you know uh, we can get into that in the future. But I'm not a I'm not completely against Mike Gesicki. I'd rather start Gesicki than the tight end that I am against this week, which is Jared Cook, tight end for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, while the Bears are middle of the pack in defending the tight end, they're just very strong defense. Overall, they're five and two, and you you know they're the worst five and two team ever because you look at their offense, and it is god awful. Like neither Nick Foles nor Mitch Trubisky should be their starting quarterback, but yet here we are. One of them has to be. David Montgomery has not looked good on the ground. Um, Allen Robinson has been the one saving grace in the passing game. And uh, he may even, you know, sort of miss this week with the concussion protocol. That's neither here nor there. But regardless, this team has been carried into a 5-2 and two record because of their defense. And, uh, you know, I, I just think when you play Jared Cook, you're kind of hoping for a touchdown. He tends to get that touchdown most weeks, like when you do play him. Uh, but if you're hoping for a touchdown in this matchup against a tough defense, I wouldn't be, you know, like Richard Rogers is a guy I'd much rather play than Jared Cook this week. Richard Rogers might even still be on waiver wires. Drew Sample is another option where I might even consider him in a certain situation. Like if I need the upside, I'm probably going with Jared Cook. But if I just need a nice little floor, then I I think I might take Drew Sample, who had a solid week last week uh, for the Cincinnati Bengals. They play Tennessee this week, who's not great, and uh, – that depends on T. Higgins as well, who got hurt last week. Um, but, you know, we didn't really hear much about his injury, so stay tuned. But, uh, yeah, Jared Cook or Mike Gesicki? Yeah, um, you know, I'm not a Jared Cook type of guy. <laughs> Trey Conn Smith, I'll Mark take that. Callaway, season. <laughs> uh, all right, um, for running back, for me, same matchup, David Montgomery. I mentioned how he's just not looked great this season. 
it's like last year, where last year Dave Montgomery got a ton of opportunity, finished as a running back 20, but he was just uninspiring every single week. And I think it's just going to be more of the same for this season. He might be a little happier in PPR leagues because he's getting receiving volume, and he's still going to get the volume in this matchup. But the New Orleans Saints defense is the eighth-best defense in the league against the running back position. Likely going to finish as a low-end RB2, but it's probably not going to help your fantasy team. Like, I'm just not very interested in Dave Montgomery this week. If I have a better option, I'm looking for it. You probably don't because of buys and because of all the injuries that we've been going through, especially at the running back position. How do you feel about David Montgomery against the Saints this week? Um, I definitely see your concern, but uh, I feel like through volume, um, he just – I played him in the showdown slate on Monday, right? That was the Monday game. Mm-hmm. Um and um, he got me, like, a solid, like, 10 points just from, like, a PPR floor. And that's on FanDuel where it's a half a point per reception. So, I don't think my, he's – My only point is that – I think he's a good RB2 flex type of play. My only point is that he's just a consistent floor play. Yeah. And, he like – He isn't going to show a ceiling. Exactly. Exactly. For sure. All right. I alluded to it earlier, but you want to hit – on running back. Yeah, the running back that I want to talk about this week is Le'Veon Bell, man. Um, I feel a little bit different here about Rob. I know it's a revenge game, Le'Veon Bell time, but uh, no. Um, the narrative here is that there could be opportunity this week in a positive game script where the Chiefs will look to run and milk the clock at the end of the game. Um, Bell had six carries last week on 17 snaps. Despite the high risk high reward potential this week i'm still inclined to go with the wait and see approach with Le'Veon bell um i think people forget that when clyde Edwards alaire was the lead back this season daryl williams was still getting usage and i can see them kind of like being a three-headed monster and nobody really being uh too fancy viable besides cag this week um also the uh wide receiver that I would like to talk about is CD lamb, the Dallas wide receiver cowboy. If you've been box score watching lamb has done pretty well so far this year. And besides last week against Washington, um, Dalton suffered concussion late in that game. And it's unlikely that he suits up for this upcoming game. And with Ben, I can't even say his last name, Dion Nucci starting um, lamb is a player that I think should be on your benches this week. Um, how do you feel about, Le'Veon Bell and CeeDee Lamb. Well, you know, I alluded to Le'Veon Bell. I think he's a solid bi-week fill-in. I actually wanted to pose a, a little, you know, weekly bet that we have here on the podcast to you. I took a look. Le'Veon Bell is currently projected 10.3 fantasy points per game in PPR scoring. And I wanted to ask you if you would be interested in sort of, you know, I'll raise the bar a little bit and we can make that bet of uh over under 12 and a half fantasy points in ppr scoring uh i i will shy away from this bet man i'm going to shy away from this one um haven't really... so you don't hate him as much as you think you do no i just haven't really dug 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 deep 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 into my projections and 12 points is i'm why i take the over on there on the 12 points um if i had to pick one betting I man feel, I, feel, I bet yeah. you that under will be juiced 
Yeah. Fit yourself, you know. Live the under life. It's not a fun life to live. I saw a shirt, a Barstool shirt that said, life's too short to bet the under. Hey, man, Barstool I Sports has one of the worst betting picks week to week. <laughs> the worst. Uh, um, as far as C.D. Lamb, uh, there's no chance I'm playing him, even if Dalton is active. Uh, filling their normal, uh, you know, defending the wide receiver pushing this year. So, um, yeah, probably am not interested in CD uh, in the best case scenario this week. Uh, we just because he was killing it with Pascal on the field. I have no idea where Roberto is. Sorry about the technical problems. Um, is what it is. Um, if you're looking for, oh my gosh, there we go. All right, all right, all right. Devonte Parker. <laughs> I, I like how you're, you know, helping me. Uh, I'll try and wrap this up quick. So Devonte Parker currently wide receiver, thirty-four in points per game at the wide receiver position. He really has been disappointing this thus far for where you've drafted him. Um, you know, even with Ryan Fitzpatrick, which is when he was really supposed to be hitting his ceiling. But now Tua's coming in, and we're just kind of, you know, we're, we're seeing these other rookies in Joe Burrow and uh, Justin Herbert light it up, but we can't just think that that's going to happen with Tua. we got to err on the, you know, decided caution. In this situation, Tua is a rookie making his first start against a really good Rams defense, uh, second-best team in the league this season against the wide receiver position. Jalen Ramsey on the other side. They got Troy Hill, who's a solid number two cornerback. But Ramsey is probably going to shadow Parker in this matchup. And uh, yeah, into his first start, it's not a matchup where I'm looking to play Parker. Do you feel that same way about Devontae Parker this week? Yeah, I definitely do feel the same exact way about the Devontae Parker and the whole entire offense. For sure. For sure. And it's sad. It's sad. But, uh, you know, Miami was the team we love to uh, root for this season. But Brighter days are coming for Miami, so it's not that sad. <laughs> uh, all right. And let's round it out here with the Week 8 Survivor Picks. Uh, we both took dubs last week. We took the Bills going up against the Jets. I took the Eagles going up against the – they played the Giants? Yes, they played mm -hmm. the Giants on Thursday night. This week, I'm taking the Kansas City Chiefs against the New York Jets for the easiest dub ever. I will be very surprised and very upset if I somehow lose. And, uh, yeah, I, I would have no clue how I would lose if I did. Bill, Tennessee Titans against the Cincinnati Bengals. 6-1 uh, and one to this point, so I'm hoping for the Bengals to sneak out a win so that I can, you know, start to close that gap on you a little bit. As we move along here in the fantasy season, Nose way, Jose. <laughs> All right, Bill. Uh, one last shout out your Twitter. Mention Pub Sports where you're heading after this. 
Yes, sure. uh, make sure you follow me over on Twitter at getting bills pub sports radio. I'm going live literally in about five, 10 minutes. And we're about to talk about this Carolina Falcons game. Me and Rob uh, touched a little bit about the CMC news. So uh, we'll really dive deep into that. Um, try to get a better idea of what to do, how to maneuver throughout the slate. Sure thing. And my, Follow me there. You can DM me if you As we mentioned at the top of the show, at Dynasty Force Pod, Dynasty Force Podcast on Twitter. And, um, you know, you can also message us on the show. You know, comment on YouTube, DM us, add us, do whatever you want with the show's Twitter. And uh, we'll get back to you there as well. Bill, I hope you enjoyed this weekend. I hope you have some nice hits in DFS. Yes, Hopefully, I see you in chat. What does that mean? Um, I'm literally about to go live in like five oh, minutes. Oh, oh. oh, so quick! I didn't I, even realize. Yeah, just <laughs> uh, all right. Well, you know, I'll be there, and uh, I'm gonna sub- subscribe to your Patreon, like everyone else listening should. So, uh, Billy Burris DFS, and I am here, Robert signing off. Another week, another beautiful episode of the Dynasty Force podcast. Join us again next week. Green, red. Sorry, Bucks backfield real quick. This week, uh, I'm not playing either of them. Bill? Um, they play the, the Giants play on Monday Night Football. I would probably play Ronald Jones. Why not? I, my only concern is Leonard Fournette came back this week and took a lot of the touches away from Ronald Jones. Only 15 opportunities. He only had 36 yards this past week. Yeah, I don't. I haven't. Really, he said, let's uh, roll. Yeah, I haven't really yeah. deep, deep, deep dived into projections, but um, without looking at anything, I would, I would probably start Ronald Jones if I had to pick between the two. If I had to pick between the two, I would actually play Fournette, especially in like PPR leagues. Standard, I'd definitely play Jones, but uh, I think Fournette has the, the safer floor, personally. Probably even the more upside, in my opinion, as well. So I'd probably play Fournette, personally. All right, thanks again for tuning in to the Dynasty Force podcast. Join us next week, 6 p.m. Eastern, Detroit Beastie, back on the show. And uh, we'll see you then. Thanks so much. See you.